You are listening to episode number 76 of Recognize Your Truth. I am your host, Lisa Williams. This is the podcast that brings you motivation and inspiration to act, think, and speak in ways that make a positive impact on your life. Today's interview is with Mark Metry, and you are not going to want to miss it. Hey, everyone. Thanks so much for joining me on another episode of Recognize Your Truth. Today, I am speaking with Mark Metry. He is a professional badass. Yes, I just said that. (laughs) Um, He is a podcaster, a consultant, and a soon-to-be author. He has a book coming out. Welcome, Mark. Thanks for joining me. Lisa, thank you so much for having me on. It's been a great pleasure to know you in this short time, and I can't wait to do this podcast. Well, and we kind of talked offline already about some topics that I can't wait to get started mm. to talk to you about because we're going to dive right in. You are the age of my two children. I have a 19 and 20-year-old, and you are 22. And so we were just talking about how my generation, my the age of of what your parents are, um, how it's really hard for us to accept our millennial age children, kids, young adults, um, you know, and, and because college was driven into us for the time, since the time when we were young. So in our generation, you had to go to school, you had to get a degree, you had to get an education, and then you got married and had 2.5 kids and the white picket fence and all that good stuff. And you might have stayed with your job for 20, 25 years or retired. And so let's talk a little bit about your generation. What, what does it look like? Tell me some, give me the insight. Yeah. So this is the biggest thing, Lisa. So when you guys were growing up, it's not necessarily the fact that you didn't have choices because you did, but there was essentially one life path laid out for you. You went to whatever church or whatever religion your parents went to. You did whatever your dad or your mom did. And you just didn't really question things, not because you weren't, um, you know, you didn't have freedom or whatever, just because there just weren't that many things in front of you. And so essentially people of my generation are growing up and we are realizing that this is all BS. We are realizing that the world is opening up and there are about an infinite amount of paths that somebody can follow in today's world. And so of course that creates opportunity. It gives people freedom to do what they wanna do, but it also creates a lot of uncertainty and even anxiety. Because if you have a thousand things to do or a thousand things you could do, how could you possibly decide what to do and what path to go on. And so I think that is step one. And then I think step two is like what you said of college of, um, I mean, you know, college was the way out. College was the way that you got an education because the internet didn't exist or online education wasn't really a thing. And so I think we just need to sort of um, maybe just loosen up the definitions of college um, and, you know, sort of remove it from like a, not necessarily remove it, but, just look at it in terms of perspective, in terms of like what it actually does in this world versus sort of 
putting it up on a pedestal and just sort of religiously embodying it and saying, oh, this is college, this is right. I mean, the matter of the fact is, is, is like, listen, if, if you go to a school and you're trying to study graphic design and it's some school that isn't even that well-known or, or that good at graphic design and you go there and you spend $80,000 for four years, that's probably a ripoff. And so I think it definitely depends on the person. It depends what they want to do. It depends on their goals. But I think the other thing to mention is, you know, because college or rather because like dropping out of college has gotten cool now and everyone is doing it. And it's like, it's like the hallmark of of a genius or some person who's going to make a billion dollars. I also see a lot of kids just sort of potentially falling into that trap. And what I always say is like, like you have to create your own system. You have to create your own college. I wrote this article on LinkedIn a couple months back and it was, I failed the education system, so I made my own. And so I think the the biggest aspect of like, you can't just sort of drop out of this and just, just do whatever with your life. You have to find something that is as equally as challenging as putting yourself in some sort of an institution whether that's you making it on your own or you know, you use the internet, you have mentors, you have coaches, you have guides that can offer that same sort of challenge for you too. And so I definitely think you need to look at it at a case-by-case basis. But I think the world ultimately is moving from, you know, because college w- was at a time where the internet wasn't too popular. And it's like, if you were going to get a job, how could your employer possibly know that you actually did the things that are that you talk about in your resume. And so I think that's where college sort of came up as to be almost like a seal of approval and be like, hey, you know, we watched this person do this. We have their attendance down. We have their grades down. They actually did go through this program. And I guess now they're certified to do whatever. But now we live in a world where you can show people what you're doing. Like instead of going to college for graphic design for four years, you could be posting pictures of your graphic design on your Instagram and on your website every single day. And then that could even create more opportunities for, for you at a more legitimate level than going to college for four years and being like, you know, everyone else that also did that. And so I think, you know, there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot to talk about. I don't think it's as simple as college sucks. Everyone should drop out. Right. right? Because that's just not the way that the world works. And it really just depends on a person case by case basis. Uh, absolutely. And it's, it's going to depend on that individual. And like, just taking your example from, you know, a graphic design point of view, rather than dropping 80 grand into a school and spending four years of your time, you have access to go do an online graphic design course that might cost you two or $3,000 or even less if you could find some out there. And you could teach yourself. And like you said, you could post it on social. So when, when I was growing up, when our generation was growing up, you know, we didn't have access to social media, obviously. Mm. And so the choices, like you said, were very limited in what we could do because we didn't know what else was out there. But now y'all are growing up with, <laughs> with that, that option that the mm. world is just opening up for you and I'm not saying college is going to be obsolete. Obviously, you need to go to college if you're going to be a doctor or, you know, study law mm-hmm. or, I mean, there's going to be certain professions that you're going to have to get an education in and you're going to have to teach from those, have, I mean, learn from those that have walked before you. But 
the great thing now is you can learn from those that walk before you on so many different platforms online through courses, through mm. mentorship, through coaching. Like, I don't think that that was even considered or available, you know, no. when I was growing up. I mean, the word coach to me was your, your, your baseball coach, your football coach, your soccer coach. That was the word coach to me. Uh, yeah, I mean, for sure. And I just, you know, I think the fact that this world has opened up, of course, has, has, has created better, better solutions and alternatives. Uh, but, you know, quite frankly, I also think it has made a lot of kids um, and teenagers and people my age just quite simply not trust. Um, and I'm going to use this term loosely like uh, adults or the, the government, because a major aspect of what we've gone through, and especially people like like me, where I'm 22, I was born in 1997. I also remember a time where like computers were there, but social media hadn't really happened. And then you see this insane transition happen and how important it is for each person in our society. And because of that, we have gone from this place of like, you just listen to, to whatever the teacher says to what your parents say. But now it's like, you can Google it and you can realize that right. if whatever you heard is filled with crap or not. And so I think that is causing a lot of stress and a lot of younger people. And it's also causing a lot of parents to be like, wait, why doesn't my kid talk to me? Or why is my kid so shy? Or why are they so like, 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 why don't they share with me? And so I think that's a major aspect of it that quite frankly, nobody uh, is talking about. And then we also see, you know, whatever your political um, views are aside, we also see people like the president of the United States um, doing crazy things. And you can Google it and you can look at that. And so if you go back before to like, how the general population perceived the president or whether you're talking about Obama or, or whoever, um, it was much, much higher. People were like, yeah, the, the president is awesome. But now, you know, we, we find out like, oh, it turns out this president actually did this and, and they did that and they did this. And so I think that's a major aspect uh, of what's going on that's really enabling kids to go more towards the internet and to try to find their own leadership and their own guidance. And I think in doing that, it's also causing a lot of confusion for people because you can fall down sort of the wrong rabbit hole online and you can get into some really um, like out there stuff in terms of your beliefs and different ideologies, different groups on social media that are trying to recruit different people. And it's like ultimately with the internet, you can either be like, you can either start learning about how to be like an amazing human and how to develop yourself, or you could go join ISIS and learn how to kill people. And so, and there's just like this massive vacuum that's happened as a result of the lack of leadership due to increased information that is causing a lot of anxiety in a lot of kids. And because of that, it's also making a lot of parents be like, wait, what? Like, I thought I knew what was going on in the world, but I have, I have no idea. And so I think a lot of these factors are just sort of coming in. And so for sure, I think it's a great opportunity if you know how to use it. However, I think just like any tool that is very powerful, if you give a really powerful tool to an unstable population, you're going to get some percentage of people that use it to grow and become successful. And then you're going to see another group of people that use it to destroy themselves. And so I think that's exactly what we're seeing here today with sort of like the nature 
of how people are learning things online and, and all these opportunities. Um, I, I couldn't agree with you more. And so like when I was growing up, everything was filtered through the eyes of the media because that's the only way mm. that we could get information. So whatever way, right, left, center, whatever way the media was skewed, and I'm, I'm not going to talk politics here, but that's how yeah. we got our information. It was filtered through the eyes of the media. In today's world, you can get information filtered through the eyes of the media, but you could also get real raw information with everybody having mm. a video camera or a phone where you see captures and information and videos and, and images that you never would have seen 30 years ago because people didn't have access. And so now it's no longer filtered through the eyes of one or two or five sources. It's filtered through unlimited sources. Yeah. And, and, and I mean, we could talk on and on. There's, there's sure. so many pros and cons to both of that. Um, sure. But ultimately, I just think that, um, you know, like uh, Albert Einstein, there's that infamous quote that's, um, you know, you, um, you, uh, what's it called? Um, you know, you can't solve a problem by the same way that you, that you thought about it or whatever. And right. so I just think that we need to make new solutions by thinking about things differently. And I think like what's going on today with like Corona and basically the entire world on lockdown, it's forcing a lot of businesses and a lot of like entrepreneurs to think about things differently and, and go to a plan B and to adapt. Because if you don't, then you're, you're going to get left behind and, and you're going to decline. So right. I think it's, you know, there's so many similarities in that respect too. Um, okay. I'm going to transition a little bit, Mark, and I, I really want to learn more about you and, and your story. So we connected on LinkedIn. I follow you on LinkedIn. I see, you know, your post and, and I see your following and you've obviously been successful in your area of what you've been doing at quite a young age. So, so tell me a little bit about your journey. Cause I know one of the things that you talk about openly is that you're very shy or you have been very shy and you've learned to overcome that. So tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, for sure. So, um, you know, I'm not really that shy for sure. I have my moments now. Um, but I would maybe say it's like 1%, 2%, 3% of the time. Um, growing up, uh, I faced tremendous social anxiety to the point where I wasn't just like a little bit shy. I was just permanently shy anywhere I went, any environment in front of anyone. And uh, just it really placed so many boundaries on my life. It placed... Um, so many unconscious boundaries and limitations around, around that. And in, in turn, I didn't, I didn't really have any friends. I didn't really have any, you know, deep relationships. I didn't, I wasn't part of a sports team. I wasn't part of any kind of group. I just sort of stayed inside and just did nothing. And so that for me was kind of my life. And when I was 18, I was in college, I began to actually realize this. And I began to realize the fact that I have social anxiety. And when I realized that, it was almost sort of a, a relief because I was like, oh, wow. So I'm not just like some like super messed up person that was just born this way. And I guess I'm not a moral failure. This is just like science. This is a part, this is like a, a health condition in someone's brain. The same way that, you know, if, you're, if your heart hurts, you go to a, a cardio doctor and, and so on and so forth. And so 
when I realized that it was a relief in that sense, but then it also meant that I had, I had to do something about this because I knew that if I didn't sort of take steps to get healthier and to begin to communicate who I really am to the world, this problem is, is only going to get worse. And so that was very overwhelming for me. And, and so I, for a period of a few months, I tried to escape from that voice of responsibility. I tried to escape with, um, drugs, alcohol. Uh, for me, the big one was food. I would eat all the time. Um, I would stay up all night and then I would sleep in all day. Uh, I almost like flunked out of college my first semester. And, um, and yeah, I mean, I just kind of fell through like my own version of rock bottom. And eventually there was a point where I was suicidal and, you know, through a series of steps, I was eventually able to kind of break out of that and, and, and learn and, and then kind of go on my own journey uh, just kind of getting my health in order and beginning to develop myself. And that's where things like my podcast began to come up and I began to interview all these experts and really just gaining like the mental understanding of what I had just been through about life and, and learning from the real legit experts around the world. And then, you know, that's led me to post on LinkedIn all the time. Uh, it's definitely my number one platform for sure. I mean, it's definitely in terms of my professional success, it's definitely made me into, um, into who I am in terms of my business, my podcast. And yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm just trying to do everything out there. And I've come out with this book called, um, screw being shy, learn how to manage social anxiety and be yourself in front of anyone. And the reason why I'm writing this book is not because I'm some 22 year old that's trying to grow his brand, although I am, but the real reason is because when you actually look at the data and statistics, social anxiety is one of the most common anxiety disorders in America, and it is highly correlated to substance abuse disorder and social isolation, both of which are heavily correlated to suicide, where I almost you know, treaded. And so for me, I'm just writing this book because I've yet to see a practical solution for people who experience social anxiety in like this whole self-help, self-improvement, entrepreneurship world with, you know, not just like my, my story, but actual legitimate science and, and clinical studies that have documented there is a sustainable, holistic way to, you know, rewire some parts of your brain and really cure yourself from a lot of these mental health conditions. And I really focus on uh, social anxiety. And so for me, the book is all about, you know, uh, how to get to the root cause, how do you actually understand the problem, how do you conceptually understand it, and then how do you take practical steps out of that with, you know, uh, a book that's been, you know, really made with a story and science, because I think those two are very powerful vehicles uh, for understanding. And like at the end of every chapter, there are uh, exercises for people to do. And really, I'm just writing this because this is the book that I wish I could have read when I was 17, 18, sure. uh, whatever. And so, yeah, that's kind of it. And so, I mean, I don't know. I don't even know if I answered your question. But. Uh, yeah, you <laughs> did. Um, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to break this down a little bit more because really one of the things that I like to do on this podcast is, um, you know, I love to hear your story, but I really like to know your mindset behind you climbing out of where you were to where you are. So give me a mm. little bit of 
um, the breakdown on your mindset. So, you know, you're, you're telling me that you turned to drugs, you turned to alcohol, you were, you were turning to food, you were sleeping all day up all night, you know, having anxiety, suicidal. So, so give me like, can you break it down a couple steps of what, what it did to you and how you started climbing out of that and, and feeling because it's all coming from fear and self-hate and, Mm. you know, you're not, so how did you come to where you loved yourself and appreciated yourself and had self-confidence and self-esteem? So break that down for me. Yeah. So, so this is it, right? So when I was suicidal, essentially what I would do is I, I was living and I still live in Boston. Um, I would essentially go to like the neighboring towns that were really bad like they had a lot of crime and violence and i would walk in those areas at like the dead of the night and i would just fantasize about someone walking up to me and and killing me and so i did that for like two three weeks and um i would say a couple things happened one is that was also the time where i like randomly stumbled on podcasts and i ran like literally the first podcast episode i ever listened to and I didn't even search for this. I just found it randomly, like scrolling through the app was this episode from Tim Ferriss, where he talked about how he in his life at one point was suicidal in college. And so I remember walking through the night and I remember listening. And I'm like, wait, this guy is talking about a situation that I'm literally in right now, being in college and being suicidal. And he was able to climb out of it. And then, you know, now if for whatever reason you don't know who Tim Ferriss is, this guy is like just one of the top authors in the world. He's, he's changing uh, a lot of the ways that people live their lives and, and how industries do business. And so I just kind of got like this really clear example of like, wow, this is a guy who, who was kind of doing this. However, you know, what I just said uh, was pretty logical. And, and, if, and if you're in that state of mind, logic doesn't really um, work in that sense. And so I remember um, another night where I was walking and I kind of, um, you know, I was walking. I I wasn't listening to anything on my phone. I wasn't on my phone. I wasn't being distracted by anything. I remember it was like, it was like 2.30 in the morning. There was nobody in the street. There were no cars. There was just no sound. And And I heard silence and I heard like this eerie sense of silence and for like the first time in my life when that happened, I kind of felt like I just, I gained, I saw like a spark of my intuition um, sort of light up. I sort of, you know, it's not like I necessarily heard like a voice inside of me, uh-huh. but I almost kind of felt like, um, like almost like the, the real version uh, of who I always was my entire life was just like slowly trying to gasp for, for air. And I remember when I felt that, I just, I, in that moment, I just felt like a tremendous amount of emotion. And it was almost as if like, you know, I got a, I got a hug from my mom. That's what it felt like. And I just kind of felt like, again, like this sounds really woo woo, but it kind of felt like my heart just like opened up. And when I felt like that extreme sense of emotion, I had no idea what was going on. And I remember I just started crying and I remember running home back to my dorm room. And I remember running back I just began to, to realize a few things. And I, I like broke out of this trance that, that I was in for two, three weeks trying to kill myself. And I think what really happened was I experienced a, a conscious interrupt, which is essentially this idea that 
you know, the average human mind emits anywhere from 25 to 60,000 thoughts in a day. Some of these thoughts are conscious. We know we think them and others are unconscious. We have no idea they're going on, but they're in the background. And so these thoughts really dictate our entire lives throughout the day. They're running the script. Like if you're a movie character, there's a script of what you're supposed to say. Well, our thoughts in our brain, they already have that down. And so I believe when I kind of felt that really emotional, uh, intuitive moment of accessing myself, it almost broke those thought patterns. And I realized that the reason why I was in so much pain was because I was constantly trying to uh, run away from what I had done in my life. I was always trying to like look back at the evidence of who I was, of who I did yesterday and the day before that. And then my times previously where I was being bullied and I was facing racism and facing poverty and facing poor physical health and also mental health. And I was trying to be that person. And so I realized in that moment that that is the source of pain. The source of pain is me looking back and trying to like match this up. Like I'm still trying to play along the story in this character in a movie. And so when I realized that, I was like, wait, I just need to look at the future. Like I can't look at what's already happened. I need to focus on the future. And so that was like one idea that I sort of got. And the second thing is after when I got home, from that uh, walk, run, or slash mystical experience, <laughs> right. I remember. I remember uh, just it was like it was like two, three a.m. and I remember just coming home. Everyone I had roommates at the time. Everyone was asleep. And I remember just walking into the bathroom. And I remember turning the lights on, and I remember just looking at myself in the in the bathroom mirror, and it was almost like I was seeing myself for the first time. And in that moment, I realized that I actually was overweight. Because up to that time, when I had kind of gained a ton of that weight, I was still in this trance. And so after that night, I sort of, um, you know, maybe, I don't know, broke out or, or woke up. And I was like, wait, why do I look like this? Why are my pants barely fitting in? And so from that moment, I just began like trying to go on like this health journey of like, how do I lose weight? And so that for me was like the first step because up, up at until that point, and even at that point, I had no idea what the words mental health were, uh, self-development. I didn't know that you can change anything about life. I had no idea you could actually improve yourself. It was a completely foreign and just concept I had never thought of in my life. And so when that happened, I slowly began to like read books about health, do research. And then I eventually began to like eat healthy and stop eating a ton of like processed foods, which really made my mind so much more clearer and it gave me a ton of energy that I had never had my entire life. And that gave me sort of the raw resources and fuel to then go on my own self-development journey and do a ton of things that like I do today, whether it's meditation or read books or uh, whatever. And so that's kind of how it, um, how it began. And I mean, the big thing that I want to emphasize too, is that it wasn't like one moment. It wasn't uh it wasn't like this, like, it wasn't this one second where like, all of a sudden, like, you know, the clouds parted in the sky and I was hit with a light of lightning, a thunderbolt. And I was like, oh my God, I'm going to go change my life. It right. never really, that never really occurred to me until quite honestly, like years later, looking back at everything that I had done in hindsight. So, um, Mark, first of all, I, I just want to say, um, how insightful and wise from 
for you to, first of all, call it a conscious interruption, um, you know, a spiritual awakening, whatever you want to call it, and recognize that this was meant to happen so that you could yeah. take the steps to make changes in your life. And, and it, it really did awaken you. And so I love how you say, you know, you were gasping for air, looking for your true self, because until we find or, or recognize our true self or try to live as authentic as we can, we are going to have anxiety. We're going to have, you know, depression. We're going to have, I mean, because that to me, and I don't know if you're spiritual or not, but that to me is the ultimate sin is not living your true self. So Mm. when you try very hard and, you know, we're all human, we all fail miserably every single day, but my goal is to live as conscious of a life as possible and to constantly elevate that consciousness. Mm. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, I def, I'm definitely a spiritual person. I don't, to be honest with you, I don't really think you can be a not spiritual person. Uh, but I, I view spirituality as, um, as really like the, the bedrock of reality. You know, I view, I view life as, as layers of, yeah um the physical world and then there is the mental world the emotional world and the spiritual world and i think the spiritual world kind of ties us all in um together and there's you know been various moments but yeah i mean i think the craziest part about this is that uh up to that point i would definitely have never classified myself as uh, someone who uh was spiritual in any sense and i think that goes back to having an ego so i talk a lot about this and when people hear the fact that I had a low self-esteem, I had zero confidence, but I also had a massive ego. Not a lot of people understand that because a lot of people don't actually understand what ego actually is. Right. A lot of people think it just means, you know, you're, you're boastful or like you're overly confident. And I mean, yeah, sure. I guess it could look like that, but our ego is actually this part of our brain that has been created for survival purposes. And it's this part that is always trying to make you survive. It's this part that is always operating in, um, like I think you said it, like fear-based thinking and thoughts because that is what makes us survive based on like dangers and the way that our brain has evolved for thousands of years to be a threat detection organ, not just in the physical environment, but also with potential psychosocial threats too in the future. And so, um, and so a lot of people hear that and they're like, yeah, you don't have an ego. Well, it's like your ego could be anything. You could, you could have an ego in being the best podcaster and, you know, you gain a ton of pleasure from that. And then, you know, when people don't call you that, or people don't know you have a podcast, you, you, you get upset. Um, ultimately I think it's a mask that we all wear. And I think that this a lot of times can happen for survival reasons. Like your mask, your ego could be, um, you know, maybe you were abused by your father or something physically. And so you started to go to the gym and you got super physically strong so that nobody could ever hurt you again. And of course, it's, it's good to be physically fit and it's good to go to the gym. But if that is like all your source of pride and, and all your source of energy, that is draining and it's not your authentic self. And so I think everyone kind of has these. And for me, what I actually realized on that night, uh, on that moment where I kind of realized this, I, I, I realized that I surrendered my ego. 
I had to almost like kill a uh, part of my ego to then create the space to then sort of create, um, you know, a new understanding for my spirituality and, and my real authentic self. And so I think that's super, super important. And I see a lot of kids today because they think they know information. They think they have knowledge because of what they read on their phone. They think they're always right all the time. And that is just a, a recipe for having a big ego and not even knowing it. And it's really, you know, I, I think it's impossible to completely rid your ego because that doesn't exist. But I think that you need to manage a relationship with it. And it is, it, it's a delicate dance. It never really ends. It's always trying to pull tricks. And so that's the way that I kind of view it. If that makes I, any sense. I agree with you. Um, you know, I, I know when I come from fear or anxiety or anger or jealousy or judgment, I know that's my ego talking to me. And I actually have conversations with myself to like balance it out. And I'm, I'm going yeah. I'm, I'm to say a couple of things that I want to touch on, on for you that you've shared about mm. it. So one is you're walking in the middle of the night in a not so great part of town. And that's how you found podcasting. And so I believe that life is very intentional. And so I believe the fact that you opened your phone turned on a podcast and it was just happened to be the right one to speak to you at that right time. I feel, I feel like that's divine intervention, spiritual awakening, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. It's, it's showing you, Hey, let's just start looking at things differently. And so that you're, you're listening to this podcast with Tim Ferriss and you're going, Oh, wow. I, I could actually live a different life than what I'm living right now. And that was like, the first step to taking you down this journey. And so, you know, thank you for, for sharing that with me because in my mind, <laughs> that is intentional and that was supposed to happen that way at that very moment for you. And how wise of you to recognize that. I mean, I'm going to just keep giving you accolades on that because <laughs> I, I think, I think a lot of people don't, don't, recognize that they don't sit there and go this was meant for me so that I can take the steps to make changes in my life and I think some people you know I, I feel like God puts a lot of things in front of you and you obviously have the choices to go down whatever path you want to go go down and you chose to go down a path of healing and learning and growing and becoming more conscious and like you said trying to fight off your ego at every, st every step of the way. So I, I think, you know, I, I again, yeah. I just want to acknowledge you for that as, you know, just as a young adult in this crazy society that we live in, you know, I just want to acknowledge you for that. So I, I think that's, that's yeah. Awesome. Yeah, no, definitely. And, um, and yeah, I mean, I, and that's exactly the reason why I say like, because of everything that's happened, the way it happened. Um, that's why I'm super, you know, spiritual. And, you know, if anyone, if you ever sit down with me for like an hour or two, you'll definitely kind of get that sense. But, um, but yeah, and, and quite frankly, like I, I had to do a tremendous amount of work, you know, and I'm sure, I'm sure you know that there were many times where like, and quite frankly, even up to today where this has been my entire life, like this has been my entire life's campaign. And there's been many sacrifices because of that. But I also think that, you know, I got extremely lucky. I think that I got tremendously lucky in the sense of like, 
I had good parents. Like my parents were not alcoholics. My parents never abused me. My parents for the most part always supported me. And, you know, I didn't really have any issues with like drugs or any kind of substances too much. Um, and I had some sort of a foundation. It was pretty loose. And so I think that's really what's prevented me from becoming um, a statistic. And so I'm, I'm really grateful in, in that sense. And I know that I got extremely lucky. And that's why I'm just trying to spread this message out there. Because it's like, once you climb out of the, of the hellhole, you have to send a rope down. And you have to try to get other people out of there. Because I think that's what makes life meaningful. And so I think... That's what I'm really trying to do with everything, whether it's my podcast, my social media, this book. I'm always just trying uh, to do that because, you know, I really do believe that, like, again, we just live in a time that's insane in terms of, like, there's no way a 22-year-old would, would ever have this conversation with you and mm -hmm. talk about the things that I talk about because there have been other people that um, have, have come before me and I, and because of podcasts, because of books, I'm able to, to read that. And so to me, I'm just sort of continuing the, the cycle that is slowly going to happen across humanity until we have, um, and I mean, it's already happening. It's not going to be an overnight thing. It's going to take a long time until we can really get to a point where all people on planet earth are kind of operating in this higher consciousness mode towards peace, towards unity, towards, um, vision, not division, not uh, separation, not tribalism, not uh, fear, but, um, but really just sort of have an understanding of the modern world and how our science uh, is pinned up against that. And I think it's definitely going to happen for sure. I mean, it might not happen 100%, but, um, but yeah, I mean, for me, I'm just, I'm kind of looking at these bigger issues of whether it's, um, you know, suicide or, or even whether it's like, you know, I'm, I'm like an, I'm an eternal optimist in the sense of, you know, I think that for the most part, all problems in the world, in the outer world are going to be solved, whether it's, um, you know, climate change or our health, our mental health, this virus, whatever it is, I think they can all be solved by, um, by some, by a solution we've never seen before that's been created by one person, one team, one group of people that can just come in and do things. I mean, you know, before antibiotics were invented, uh, hundreds of millions of people were dying from diseases. Um, you know, if, if Alan Turing, the guy who invented the computer in World War II, never did that because he was socially anxious or because he couldn't express himself, you know, which essentially enabled us to beat Nazi Germany by creating the computer and decoding their messages faster than them, I mean, there's just so many examples that I look at of history of if these people didn't exist, I don't know where our society would be today um, for, for the better. And so I view sort of what I'm doing through this book and whatever as just sort of a way to unlock people. Like if someone who really struggles with this issue, like, hey, here's a manual, here's how to do it. And in 10, 15 years from now, you know, I hope you become the person that like makes a startup that can like, you know, I don't know, make more girls in Africa money. Like I have no idea, but right. I think that's sort of like my way of thinking because, you know, I really kind of view whether it's mental health, self-development, spirituality as sort of the, the root. And I think if we can look at those issues and help people help themselves from the inside out, I think we'll see the outside world be a much better place. 
that's that's again so super insightful of you and so we're going to wrap up um and i love that you shared a bit of your story with me why don't you tell my audience how they could get a hold of you yeah so um you can check out anything i've got going on from the book to uh my podcast just on my website which is my first and last name.com m a r k m-e-t-r-y.com. And uh, Lisa, thank you so much for having me on. You're welcome. And I will make sure and link everything up in the show notes. Thanks again for joining me, Mark. Awesome. Lisa, you're the best. Thank you for spending a part of your day with me. Please make sure that if you like what you hear, you rate and review this podcast. It helps me continue to bring you amazing guests like Mark Metry. And the music is Genuine by Julio Ortiz. Have a blessed day.